Hello, Saints, and welcome to our podcast, Returning to the Heart of Jesus. My name is Bill Wegner. I'll be your host today. And uh, let's do what we do each time, and let's invite the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way to be with us for our time together as we pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I'm so happy that you were able to join us today for a, for a few moments. I want to talk about a, a couple different things uh, for this particular podcast, all about, of course, returning to the heart of Jesus. 2,000 years ago, as I said way back in the first podcast, Jesus gathered his disciples around him on a mountaintop. And he invited everybody who was following, everybody who was curious, whether it be Jews or Greeks or disciples or apostles, everybody, men, women, families, and he gathered them all around and he preached to them. And when he, when he started to preach to them, he said some unbelievably controversial and radical things to all of these people. He started, and this is in Matthew, Matthew's Gospel 5, 6, and 7, called the Sermon on the Mount, he started with these blessings. And uh, you would think, oh, well, he's, he's blessing everybody. Oh, well, they are kind of controversial. Here's the first one. Here's what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, I'm going to tell you a little, little story. Uh, I was at an evangelization workshop down in Florida, and uh, we, were, we were sitting at lunch, and this gentleman, who I didn't know at all, said to me, he says, uh, what do you think? What do you think uh, Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the poor, or blessed are the poor in spirit? And you know what? I was a kind of a baby Christian coming back after being out of the church for over 20 years. And I said to him, here's my response, I have no idea. I have no idea what he meant by that. Well, of course, then I went out and tried to learn all I could about that. And basically, what it says is, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the people who don't have too many things, too much stuff, uh, too much of, uh, of uh, people to help them, and so on. They are 100%, 100% dependent on God, which is the opposite, of course, in our country and in our situation in most of the time. You know, if, uh, if we have a problem with another person and uh, we don't like what they did to us, you know what we do? We go to a lawyer. We don't necessarily go to God. If we have a medical situation, what do we do? What do we do? Well, right away, we go to the doctor. If we don't like that doctor, we get a specialist, and so on and so forth. Well, in third world countries, even, even today, and, and all through in Jesus' time, he, you didn't always have that option. You didn't always have that option. So your only option was to go to God, was to be dependent on God. And then Jesus went on to say something like this, uh, Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then, and here's a real interesting one, Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the land. Blessed are the meek. 
Well, in our situation, in our country today, we honor, I think, almost everything but meekness. That's for sure. That's for sure. With all the stuff that's going on in our country, with the riots, with the protests, with the, uh, with the, the police, and, and with the virus, and with all of that kind of stuff, uh, I think most of us, because we're desperate enough, we may say, oh, well, I've been praying for this. And I know my wife and I, we pray for all of these situations every single day. We do that. But in all of that stuff, in our, in our Catholic faith, as Christians living in the world today, living in our country today, with all the protest and violence and, and, and all of the virus and all that kind of stuff, what are we supposed to do? What's our first response to that? Well, you know what? We can always go back to the gospel. We can always go back in history to Jesus' time, and we could look at his response to the craziness of his time. I think we may forget that Jesus was in similar kind of circumstances, obviously not the same, but similar kind of circumstances back in his day. For example, being a Jew in Jesus' day meant that you were under the boot. You were under the boot. You were under the thumb of the Roman Empire. You were basically a slave. That's what you were. The Romans told you what to do, when to do it, where to go, how to act, and so on and so forth. Uh, they permitted you as, as, as a Jewish person back then to have your, you know, your religious rites and so on and so forth and ceremonies, but not too much. Not too much. And of course, the Jews hated the Romans because they were the conquerors. And guess what? From anything you read in history, the Romans hated the Jews. So that was the circumstance, and here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus into that. And he sits down on this mountaintop and says to all of these Jews, it's not like they didn't know what was going on. It, it's not like they didn't hear about the Romans. And he says to them, here's what you have to do if you want to be my disciple. If you want to live the way that I want you to live and the way that I live, Here's the first thing you have to do. You have to love your enemies. Now we think, oh man, loving your enemies, that's bad. But it's, that doesn't mean it's, the, it's, the, it's, it's your neighbor whose dog poops on your lawn. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Jesus, the Jews, under the boot of, of a, a conqueror and, and making it life so terrible for them. They had, the, the, the Romans had certain laws that drove the Jews crazy. And here comes Jesus, says, love your enemies and do good to them. And, and, and if somebody does something bad to you, you do something good to them in return. How radical was that for a people in slavery to hear that? To hear that. Hey, guess what? It's radical today. It's radical today to hear that. And in all of this controversy that we have in our country today, and I'll tell you what, I have, I have friends. I have good, good Christian friends, Catholic friends, who say to me, I hate this. I hate those people. I can't stand this. I can't stand that. And you know what? 
sometimes uh, I don't I don't ever say that but sometimes I'm close to feeling that because you know it's just so much craziness uh, about what's going on so so what do we do to that what do we do when in the midst of these news programs and 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 uh, podcasts and and blogs and people saying this and social media on that and so on and so forth I know I know people within my own family within my own family who can't stand each other now because of the political their political opposites and it's it's I think it's beating up not just our country but individually in families and so on and so forth I know I know there's people there's people in my family when I visit them when I visit them, I would never in a million years talk about something like contemporary news. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I know the reaction that's, that, that's going to happen as it goes through the family, discussing and talking and so on and so forth. It usually ends up in a bad way. So I'm not going to do that. So what do we do? What do we do? When we hear something, when we see something on TV, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is we have to present ourselves as a person who is not angry. Anger, the way that that is, that has no room in the kingdom of God. That has no room in the kingdom of God. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, Jesus got angry. Yeah, Jesus got in a really orderly planned out anger once that I can see in the, in the uh, cleansing of the temple, okay, to make a point. Our anger is usually not to make a point. Our anger is usually based in fear and maybe even hatred, and that becomes our, our angry. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, our first response is to not be angry. And how, how about this one? How about our next response is this, to not be violent, to not be violent, because if Jesus was anything in his ministry, you know what he was? He was non-violent, that's for sure. He was non-violent. He spoke about peace and love and caring and kindness. He spoke with love in all of that, in all of that, okay? We have a tough time doing that. Why? We have it because we have all these forces all around us, chirping at us, talking to us. You know what I've done? You know, I'm. I grew up. I, I grew up. I was always, always involved and and interested in politics. Always. I grew up in a in a in a real interesting household. I grew up with a father who was a Midwestern Republican, and my mother who was a card-carrying union Democrat. And they used to go back and forth and back and forth. And we kids, we would get involved in that a little bit too, you know, and we had both sides and so on and so forth. So I always grew up being very interested in that. And, and, and but you know what I've done in, in this day and in this age? I've kind of shut it off. I've kind of taken a break from it. I, I, I honestly can't, can't seem to take it on a, on a, on a regular basis. So Jesus calls us to be nonviolent. That's for sure. And you know what? I always found that to be interesting um, because in, in, in our situation, to be nonviolent, 
to be nonviolent, if we are really living a life of nonviolence, you know what? It usually ends in violence. That's what happens. I mean, we have examples of that. We have Martin Luther King. We, ha we, have, we have Gandhi. We have, uh, you know, d different, different examples of that. And of course, we have Jesus, who was as nonviolent as you can possibly get. So how do we live that life of nonviolence? How do we live that life of loving your enemies? What do, what do we do? How, how, how is that possible? Well, guess what? I have really good news for you. It's absolutely not possible on your own. That's for sure. It's not possible. It, 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 it's only possible through our prayer life. It's only possible through the workings of the Holy Spirit. So, so what do we do? What, what does that mean? Well, the first thing that we have to do each day is to offer our day up. Offer our day up to the Lord and ask Him, Lord, please help me. Please help me to look through your eyes to see what's going on in my own heart. To look what's going on in my own family. And to look what's going on in my, my own country. And help me to deal with that the way you want me to deal with it. It's only through an active prayer life, praying for the grace to deal with this stuff in a nonviolent, loving, caring, kind, forgiving way. There's, there's, there's absolutely no way around that. There's, there's, there's no way around that. Jesus calls us in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and in Luke's Gospel, the Sermon on the Plain, chapter 6, to love our enemies, to return good for evil, to bless those who curse us. Is it easy? Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Is it simple? Sure it's simple. Here's a simple command. Go love one another the way that I loved you. That's pretty simple. That's pretty straightforward. Is it easy? Nah, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. It's hard. And why is it hard? It's because that 99.9% .9 of the world is calling us to do the opposite. Nonviolence, loving, caring, forgiving, a call to meekness. You know what that is called? That's called weakness. In most people's cases, meekness equals weakness. You can't deal in life that way. You can't, you're, you're going to get taken advantage of. You're, you're going to become a, a person that everyone thinks they can walk all over. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If the cross of Jesus Christ is, is the sign of His love for us, as one priest I know used to say, there's no wimps on the cross. You've got to be pretty tough to do what Jesus did. You've got to be pretty, I hope this is not sexist, manly, to do the things that Jesus did for us, to suffer the way that He suffered for us. Are we being called to do that? Probably not. But we're called to suffer probably spiritually and, and, and emotionally and, and even mentally. To live out the words of Jesus is, is not easy for any man or woman. Not easy. 
but we have, I'll tell you what, we have good backup. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the model and example of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to, he says to us, and, and, and here's, here's, a, here's a great quote. Here's what he says to us. You want to be my disciple? I mean, do you really want to be my disciple? Here's what he says. Pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Well, what does that really mean? Well, think about what he was saying to the Jews back then. They knew what it meant to pick up your cross and go down the road. That didn't mean, oh, my cross is I have a head cold and I have to live with it. Or, or, or I have dandruff and I have to live with that. No, he was saying, you want to be my disciple? I'm going down the road. I'm carrying my cross. What does that lead to? Oh, crucifixion, suffering, pain, death. Are we ready for that? Are we ready for that in the midst of all of this? In the craziness of what's going on in our world today? Listen, listen. Our country, our families, they need us to be examples of Jesus. They don't need us to pretend that we're Christians and then do everything we want to get the other person to hate them and so on. We, they don't need that. The world needs peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. To be different. To be holy. To be the opposite in most cases of what's happening in our situation in, in our world today. To be loving and kind peacemakers and followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for listening to me. Let's, let's offer up a prayer to Mother Mary uh, to help us to be aware of our circumstances and how we should react to them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Remember this, Jesus loves you, and I love you also. Thank you.